It is a peaceful morning, isn't it? I mean, just even, I don't know, um, I'm, I'm not a fool. I don't expect that it was peaceful getting here, necessarily. But it's peaceful here. There's a sweetness to this morning, and um, just really thankful that, uh, to be here with you guys this morning and to be able to worship um, together. Uh, I, I thought it was still good. It's the Lord's Day. I want to just hopefully encourage us with, with God's Word, but um, I said that uh, it was going to be short today, and as my daughter um, liked to remind me a couple times today, she goes, yeah, it's going to be short. Well, Dad, your short is like other people's normal, so... Um, <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see if I can even exceed her expectations. But that, that peace that we're feeling this morning, like it's, it's sweet and it's good. And, and last week, um, we, and we've talked about how this season points to something greater, right? Like we've talked about, last week we talked about um, how the things the world loves to bring out about Christmas, how they are glimpses of deeper things that are offered to us in Jesus, and we talked about that last night specifically with joy. And this morning I thought this would be a good morning to talk about what that looks like with peace. We think about that of peace on earth. That's one of the most common phrases that gets associated with Christmas. And like I mentioned in the intro to communion, that, that peace we can feel like it's just this intangible thing of just this feeling and we forget of, of how that peace what that peace actually is, and how we receive that peace. And we should, on Christmas, reflect on that peace. And it's interesting at Christmas time because it doesn't always feel that way. But I think, especially on Christmas morning, as I was noticing, um, I don't know if there, any of the kids here, have any of the kids not been able to open presents yet? Okay. <laughs> so... My daughter raises her hand with enthusiasm. Okay, so I got another one. See, you're not, not the only one. Like, who's, um, so, yeah, we're just, we're just waiting. But that, that sense of peace, especially on Christmas with all the rush that's going on, I often feel it even as a, as a parent after kind of the dust settles, right? Like after the presents are unwrapped, after things have been picked up and cleaned up. Often that happens like the day after or maybe even a couple days after Christmas, where everything just kind of settles back down. But any peace anyone feels, whenever that is during the Christmas season, maybe for you it's Christmas Eve, maybe it's Christmas morning, maybe it's right now, maybe right now is the first moment of peace you feel like you've had, it is pointing to the peace that is offered to us through Jesus. The call to worship, we had read this at the end. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When you think about how the angels are declaring this, they know that for humanity they had waited a very long time to be at peace with God. It had been a long time since God's people had experienced any kind of peace. Really, in reality, it had been since the garden that they had experienced peace. And like we talked about last night with joy, also present in the garden at creation was God's peace. I mean, just imagine the calm and the peace you would feel if every day ended with you walking with God and him delighting in you. I mean, think about the peace and the calm 
that you would feel in those moments. Imagine knowing full well he is with you and knowing full well that he is pleased with you and to feel his delight. But as we talked about last night, we don't have that. Most of us don't feel at peace. It's certainly not the norm for us. And it feels like that's becoming more and more the case as we see people, anxiety and stress continues to rise. And we think like there's, there's just no peace on earth. And we know that, like we talked about last night, that it's our rebellion, it's our sin that shatters that peace. That sin drives a stake through the heart of our peace with God. And what that is, actually, one of the things that, one of the ways we think about sin is that sin is us declaring war on God. And we don't often think about it in those terms. We don't realize that's what it is. It's not. We often think of sin as just the bad things we do that God's not really pleased with and against the things that he says that we're supposed to do. But sin is actually a declaration of war against God. Because God has created us for himself, for his glory. He is good, so he, and he is just, and he is holy. So everything he sets out for us, the way he set us out to live, was supposed to be like in the garden, full of joy and peace. And yet, because we think we know better, we fracture that. We shatter that peace. We declare war. And we talked about last night how our defenses often come up against sin and, and how we tend to downplay it, that we, we think that someone else is getting let off the hook, like, yes, I did this, but they did more. But, but when we realize that every time in our hearts, in our flesh, when we sin, we are declaring war against God. No wonder we refer to it as rebellion. It isn't simply wrong things we have done. It is the broken and rebellious way that we think and feel and see. It's actually the original culture war, except the price for that war is separation from God. I think Christmas is the perfect representation of that, and here's why. Maybe more than anything else, what is sold to us at Christmas time is peace. Like I said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Like every, every Christmas special, every Hallmark movie, every, like everything that you might watch will probably include that. The culture sells us peace at Christmas time. And how do they sell us this peace? Through the most hectic and stressful and consumeristic season of the year. They literally sell us peace. They literally stir our hearts into chaos in the pursuit of peace. It's really ironic. We put ourselves through all kinds of paces, hosting, sometimes hosting events that we don't necessarily want to, or the stress of trying to prove ourselves to people or please people, fighting crowds, managing expectations, our to-do lists grow during this time. I don't know if anybody, I've never met anybody during the Christmas season who has said, oh, my, my to-do list shrinks during Christmas. It doesn't. It grows. We end up working, even if our 
outside work responsibilities diminish, our personal responsibilities and the expectations that we're trying to keep afloat increase. And for those who work in retail, it is the most stressful time of the year. It promises peace and delivers chaos. Because as is our norm, we try to fix our rebellion with more rebellion. You ever notice that? When we, are at, when we are rebels against God, when we sin against God, we tend to try to fix it with more rebellion. Sometimes through works righteousness, like I'm going to make it up to God, I'm going to prove to him like that, that that's not me and I'm going to do better things for him. Sometimes it's by hiding from the consequences of our sin or from even confronting. And so we sin against God. And so the way that we make ourselves feel better about it, we justify it to ourselves. And so we don't ever actually come into repentance and into that intimacy that he offers with us. We so often think the answer to our rebellion is more rebellion. But it doesn't work. It never works. All it does is stress us out more. We don't feel at peace. And so we try to fix that by controlling our way to peace, by controlling our environment, by medicating ourselves to peace, by achieving our way to the promise of peace, or by hiding our heads in the sand for the illusion of peace. But none of it is peace. And it stresses us out more. I was actually recently talking to a friend about um, simplifying. There's such a movement right now in our culture of like simplify things. So get rid of your stuff. Get rid of, um, you know, get rid of all these things you have to maintain and just live a simpler life. And what's the promise of that simpler life? Peace. Now let me ask you something. Anybody that's tried that, have you ever noticed how stressful simplifying is? Like if you've ever looked at your closet and thought, I need to simplify, I need a cleaner closet. Well, then that means you have to clean out your closet and donate all those things. And you have all these battles of the stress over each one of those things. Like it's simplifying is quite stressful. And all of our ways to peace don't work because by definition, pursuing our own paths to peace is just another act of rebellion. Another declaration of war against God. Because there's only one way to peace, to return to what we were created for. St. Augustine famously said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. The only way to peace is through the one who came to bring peace on earth. The peace that comes through him. Through Jesus, who redeems us, who buys back our peace. We talked last night about how he buys back our suffering and turns it into joy. He buys back the chaos of our hearts and our lives and our expectations. He buys all that back and he redeems it and turns it into peace. We can have that peace, but it will not come through any other means but through Jesus. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. That is the price of our peace, the blood of the king. 
No wonder our to-do lists, our New Year's resolutions, our promises to be better don't have a prayer to bring us peace because the price of that peace is the blood of the Lamb. Only the death of Jesus can reconcile us to God. And therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the gift, that we have peace in the midst of all the chaos. And that is what it looks like, if that is our identity, to walk in that. It may sound simple to just, well, okay, be at peace. Well, if it was that easy, then I would just be at peace. But this is the way I try to do this. This is the way I try to practice this. And it is a practice. When I feel chaotic, when things feel overwhelming, I stop and I remind myself that I'm not going to find peace through that road. Whatever's feeling overwhelming, I'm not going to find peace through just accomplishing it or changing expectations or fixing things. That if I want real peace, I need to remind myself that peace is actually my identity because peace has been made with me, with God, through Jesus. And if I have peace in God, with God, through Jesus, then what, what can the world do to me? What could they possibly do to bring chaos into my heart and into my life? I, I literally think in my head, what is my identity? Am I a rebel or am I a son? If I'm a rebel, well, then I'll just continue to try to find peace on my own. But if I'm a son, then I'll find peace in him. In Luke 15, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. And when the prodigal son returns, if you remember, if you're familiar with that story, the first thought he has when he is going to go back to his father is he says, I will be a slave. Because the slaves of my father's ranch, like my father's home, are treated better than I'm being treated right now. So I know I forfeited my right to be called son. I'm going to just go and be a slave. But that wasn't his identity. That is not how the father saw him. It was how he felt about himself, but it's not how the father saw him. And the reality is how the father sees you, not how you feel in the moment. And when he returns, the father will not accept him back as a slave, only as a son. Because the father has no interest in treating him like a slave, it's his son. There's no probationary period to earn himself back from slave status to son. It happens immediately because the price of the son's rebellion has already been paid. So wherever you are right now, whatever your life has looked like, the temptation is going to be to try to achieve peace with God through other means. But I want to tell you that is not how it happens And even as us who are following Jesus actively, we feel the weight of that, of trying to make peace with God on a daily basis through the things that we do. And we have to remind ourselves that we are at peace with God because of Jesus. And it turns out that we struggle to be at peace because we are in such a habit of fighting. We just fight out of habit. We're rebels, right? And what do rebels do? Like we fight, we push back. If you have any teenagers in your house, you know what I mean. 
Everything's a fight. Everything's an argument. Everything's a challenge. We just are wired that way. Even when we, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation with somebody who is like prone to argue. And when you're, and you find yourself where like you agree with them and they still argue against you. Anybody have, anybody sitting next to somebody like that? You're like, wait a second, I'm agreeing with you. Why are you arguing with me right now? I literally just agreed with you. Some of us are just wired, but we're all wired that way against God. Wired to push back, to fight against, to kick against. And we have to remind ourselves it's not our identity. That God is not against us. If God is for us, who could be against us? That if you are in Christ, then God is with you. He's not against you. You don't need to fight against him. You don't need to continue in that attitude and that heart of rebellion. Because he's for you. And he's called you son. That is the identity of peace. And look, we still grieve on earth. I still grieve. I still feel overwhelmed. I still wonder, like I still try to control things, especially when it comes to loved ones and wishing that I could fix things. But by the grace of God, there is a deep peace underneath. One that is difficult to explain. As Paul said, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that comes from the passage we talked about last night where he talked about joy and rejoice always. But look what the case, look what the situation is. He says, have this joy, but what guards that joy? The peace of God. Peace in all circumstances. It guards our hearts and minds. The peace that we have with God through Jesus Christ will guard your hearts and your minds. And one day, we will be at full peace with God and full peace in ourselves. And right now, we still have those tendencies, those rebellious tendencies. But through the cross, we've been delivered and there will come a day when we will fully worship God, where we will fully experience that peace. There will be peace in our bodies, No more cancer, no more aging, peace in our relationships, no more brokenness or rejection, peace in our minds, no more lost sleep, peace in our souls, fully reconciled to God, welcomed home. That is the identity that has been secured for us. And our call is to remind one another and ourselves of that identity And so walk in it by the power of the Spirit.